0: Welcome to In the Gutter, a podcast that is all comics, all bangers, all the time, with story expert Lonnie Diane Rich and superhero scholar Joshua Unruh. One of the hosts has read almost no superhero comics, and the other has read almost all of them. We'll let you sort out which is which. And now, In the Gutter.
1: Look, here's what I'm saying, though, Joshua, is that we haven't recorded together in like three months, two months. It's been a little bit more than two months, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I am not going to lie to you. I'm just feeling really rusty. I'm feeling really rusty. I'm like double checking all of my settings. I'm not even a thousand percent convinced that I've started recording an audition. Okay, I have. I have. <laughs> I have.
0: No, you're right. And what's more, a big chunk of the couple of months that we haven't recorded, mm-hmm. I have just been like checked smooth out. Yeah. Like I've been on vacation. I've had holidays. Mm-hmm. I, you know, just, uh, uh, have been, uh, cause it's their winter break. I've right. just been spending all kinds of time with my kid. Like I've just been like, Oh, are there, is there work to be done? Like even at work, I'm like, no, I'm here to eat cookies and drink eggnog. No, it's like, we're not, it's
1: nuts. Like I haven't like worked the way that I'm used to working, which is, you know, like 60 hours a week. Like I have not done any of that. <laughs> For, like, such a long time that I feel so out of the groove. And, I mean, I've been podcasting for 15 years. Like, if anything should be second nature, it should be this. But I'm sitting here staring at this microphone being like, what is this? How do I do this? Where's the Zoom? What do I do? Yeah.
0: It's fine. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have 15 years, but when I was, you know, recording three shows a week, Mm -hmm. two with with co-hosts and just one by Mm -hmm. myself, I was like, click, clack, let's do the thing. And now I'm just like uh, this dilettante who just swans into your shows.
1: Well, it's so funny. Spreads fairy like... dust
0: and glitter. And <laughs> you do. You are out.
1: full of fairy dust and glitter. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just like that crawling back on that horse. I feel like that person who's like, um, you know, spurs are caught in the in the foothold on one side and then they're dangling off the other, you know, and just getting their head hit on rocks as the horse goes racing, which is what you deserve for jumping on something's back and making it take you somewhere. But anyway, um, so yeah, I just I'm, I'm just saying like, it's rusty. Like, I don't know how this is going to turn out this uh this. You know, recording might not be awesome, but I don't care because we're back and I'm so excited to be back here talking about comics with you.
0: Yes, it's very exciting. Um, Although as we have discussed some there we may be a little at odds about this one so speaking of being rusty (gasps) here we go through so many episodes where we are just like vibing and totally on the same page and then this one it's going to be like well
1: Uh, no i'm very it's been a nice partnership all right all right all right for those (laughs) of you who have not been following along with all of this nonsense um okay so your favorite superhero character is who
0: patsy walker Hellcat. Patsy
1: Walker, Hellcat. This is something that you have been telling me since the days I of Listen Her. Up A-Holes. Since we were doing Jessica Jones and talking about Patsy Walker. Since all Jessica Jones...
0: Shat all over her <laughs> legacy. Yes,
1: right. And I didn't like. Uh, I think she was going by Trish, I believe, and, uh, and, yeah. and Jessica Jones. Um, and I didn't like her then. Like I liked her okay in the first season, second season, not so much. Anyway, all of that to say, we have been building up this entrance into like Hellcat territory for like a really long time because it's your favorite. Part of the danger of that, right, is that like, oh yeah, is is a place that we've hit where maybe I don't. I don't see the brilliance that you see as we're doing this. So like, I've only read two issues, you know, we're, we're going through those now. We've still got three more to go in this arc. Um <laughs> I think that I'm very interested to see but I mean the nice thing is though in issue number 5 we are going to have a special guest uh coming in to visit with us. Um so I'm very excited about that. We will be talking about that later on um as we get closer to talk about it with us so you may have somebody on your side. It may be 2 against 1. I swear
0: point. to god. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> if I have to fend off two Hellcat haters.
1: You know what? I believe that you can do it. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to be reading um, for this these first five episodes of In the Gutter Season 2. We're back. It's Season 2, people. Very excited.
0: So our first five mm-hmm. episodes of Season 2 will be the five issues of Patsy Walker, colon, Hellcat, and I've got, let me just say as an aside, I got to do that because there's been Patsy Walker comma Hellcat. There's been Patsy Walker, AKA Hellcat. Oh. This one is specifically Patsy Walker so, colon okay. Hellcat. Quick question.
1: I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Except yeah. that like, is that, is the difference like that as significant as like the amazing Spider-Man versus the, I don't know, what are the other <laughs> different kinds of spider No, they're, um, yeah. Yeah,
0: they're- <laughs> Yes, they're basically the different
1: yes. comic
0: book titles. Oh, listen, I <laughs> we literally had. I wore not not the one. I have multiple Superman shirts. You'll be shocked to know. Uh, I wore one of them to the office this mm-hmm. week, and one of my coworkers who thinks she's hilarious. Hi, Nikki. She is hilarious, mm-hmm. actually. But she kept calling me Super, ah. like that was my first name, and Man was my last name. And I'm like, I'm. It's not. It's not like he's Mister Superman <laughs> or Mister Spitterman. Mr. Iceman down the road. It's not, it's one name like Cher or Madonna. God. Okay. Come on. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. They're all different Mm -hmm. uh, titles, like publishing Mm -hmm. titles. Um, Patsy has rarely had a regular Mm -hmm. book going. She's always been more of an, we'll talk more about this. I have kind of, you know, some history Mm -hmm. for you, but she's always been more of a, um, uh, there used to be a lot more books like Marvel Spotlight, where you would get a Hellcat story mixed in with other people's stories. She was in the Avengers for a mm-hmm. long time. She's been a, a supporting character in um, She-Hulk and more recently in Iron Man. I'm not discussing it because they got engaged and fuck that shit. And um, uh, but in this case, each one of those is basically a different uh uh like publishing title that's why i'm being kind of so is it a different universe have to version
1: be... of patsy in each of those where the history is wiped clean and we're no starting no again. okay so all of that history is consistent no. between colon aka and comma okay, yes that was my question yes yes, mm-hmm.
0: yes. oh i'm sorry I no
1: no no it's easy to miss it because there's a lot of stuff going on and if i'm not there's if I'm a not lot clear going on. in my question it's very easy to misunderstand yeah <laughs>
0: So this one in particular is, um, uh, well, so, and there may be another layer of confusion because the story that we're reading is Snowball Effect, Mm -hmm. and it is bundled into the same collection as another Hellcat story called uh, The Girl Who Would Be You. So the link that's in our show notes is going to be to that total collection because I don't know of another way to get Snowball Effect other than that, unless you go find individual issues. It's technically the second Mm -hmm. story in this collection. I like the first one, but this is the one that that really made me like go from being aware uh, of Hellcat and liking Hellcat to loving Hellcat. This was All really right, the so one this that this is
1: it. the this is the story arc that made you the fan that you are today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I've been, I have appreciated her for reasons that we will get into, like for Mm -hmm. meta reasons. And I've liked her when she was kicking around the Avengers. But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I picked this up in individual issues and I was just like, well, that's it. I love her. I love her forever.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: We'll do a little bit of credits, I think, right now before we jump into it. So just to, to deal with this, this will be the the same team throughout all five issues. So check your show notes from here on out. But we have Catherine Eminen as the writer, David Lefuente as the artist, John Rausch as the colorist, David and Natalie Lamphere as our editors, and Stuart Eminen as our cover artist. And yes, those Eminens are related. They're okay. married, folks. So. <laughs> Let's just get in the summary so we can talk about all the goodness that is Patsy Walker common let's,
1: let's do it. Let's do it.
0: In snowball effect part one, we begin with Patsy helping her neighbor during a dress fitting on literally the first page. She declares it's magic. And while we're talking about the dress here, make no mistake. That's going to keep being true. Iron Man dragoons Patsy into the 50 state initiative and sends her off to Alaska to just like have a look around and stuff. Seriously, that's Tony's big plan for making Alaska feel like it's a big part of the USA. Anyway, Patsy flies to the tiniest town, meets some big hunks of men and some lechers, and then takes off into the frozen north to do what she does best, look for and find trouble. (laughs) Out on the terrible tundra, Patsy stumbles into some gigantic polar bears with antlers that also talk. She fights one until its skin bursts into glitter and the other until they fall off a cliff and into the tentacled maw of an old other creature. Two Inuit women look on, declaring, she'll do, I suppose. I think that person's like Lonnie stand-in
1: to this story.
0: <laughs> and then they say some other mystic shit that will eventually all make sense, you know, more or less by the end of five issues.
1: <laughs> all right, good. Um, I think we should start with your response to this. Um, because this is the first issue, you know, and we're just kind of getting into this new arc. Um, and I, and, and I'm curious, like when you read it the first time, do you love it more now reading it the second time, knowing how everything's going to turn out? Did you, oh. did you immediately fall in love with it the first time that you watched or you read it or did it take the whole arc to get you?
0: No. Okay. So remember I was buying these like monthly yeah. mm-hmm. every Wednesday, so it really hooked me at least enough. To, to spend $3 a month right. later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it pretty much. I don't know that it sunk me as a Hellcat fan immediately in the first mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's a conversation with a mystic spirit later that I think is the moment where I said, well, fuck it. I I love her now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in like issue three or four. We'll we'll find it. Yeah. Um, but it definitely hooked me for the series. Like, again, I kind of knew who Hellcat was. I love this art. Like, Mm -hmm. like we'll really get into the interior stuff as we go, but I just, I love this art. It's got a real, like, um, um, well, it's very, it's not just feminine. It's really girly, right? Like, I feel like there's a difference there, you know, like the, the coloring is really soft. Um, Patsy looks kind of like a fashion doll that will also beat you like a penny nail. I mean, you know, like I just, yeah, no, I pretty much think. And again, I am an absolute, I'm coming to realize I'm an absolute sucker for anybody who's got the moxie to put the sort of thematic through line of their entire run on the first page, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, like this is not my favorite example of this, but it's uh it's pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that it's Patsy in this incredible fashion gown just declaring it's ma- like a full page. It's magic. I was yeah. like, yeah, you got me. The spell is cast. <laughs> As an aside, as an Mm -hmm. aside, I don't want to go down this rabbit trail too far. But in case you're anyone's wondering, and I feel like you'll care about this, my a number one best first page for this is the 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 theme and through line of the whole Mm -hmm. series is uh, Grant Morrison's run on Batman. We're on the very first page. Batman and Robin are. It's a full page. It's scary. Red sky, lightning is striking. They're in like a really great silhouette, and Batman is screaming, "You're wrong! Batman and Robin will never die." Oh. So that's my number 1. I just want to get I didn't mean to be mysterious. That's the no, A number 1 it. with a bullet, okay. but this is mm-hmm. very high up there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: it's um So I love it. Yeah. I think okay, my reaction to it was it's it's a lot of I I appreciate the the like feminine colors and the feminine approach, but I do feel like it portrays this woman as like, you know, being incredibly like silly and, um, uh, you know, uh, superficial um, and and thoughtless, you know, like there's like she's wearing this dress in the opening. Right. She's got this friend, Ruben, who is a fashion designer at school. Right. And mm-hmm. I, this appears to me to be uh, like Ruben's final project or something that is clearly right. very important to Ruben. And she's wearing the dress and she's all excited about it. Then she gets a call from Iron Man. She takes off the dress, she throws it in Ruben's. Ruben is outside already somehow on the fire escape. She shuts the window and then throws the dress at him where it's against the window. Like the lack of any concern that she has for anybody other than herself and the idea that, like, what I am seeing, and I may not be seeing this correctly, is somebody whose entire purpose is to be cute and um and kind of flighty and like not thoughtful at all like that already to me like sets me you know like where i'm i'm not enjoying the character as much um and then so like when it came to my notes about like we have an overall response starter you know i'm like maybe it takes time to warm up to patsy maybe she's not my taste or maybe i'm just not getting the context and i would like to say that i'm definitely in that kind of like third space with this because I've had lots of things like I love Buffy clearly I love Buffy I dedicated a huge chunk of my professional time talking about Buffy but when I first saw Buffy I didn't really get it either and I didn't particularly care for it. Um Veronica Mars had a similar experience, you know, and ended up absolutely loving it. So I think that like uh, my door is not closed at all on Patsy. I just feel like maybe I need a little more context to understand her because my first impression of her in that first opening movement with her and Ruben is that she is incredibly inconsiderate, that she's, you know, like she gets this call from Iron Man and she's like, I want to go to Florida. And then Iron Man's like, no, Alaska, you know. And it's supposed to be like this whole and I mean I lived in Alaska. It's out of all the places I've lived, it's my favorite place to live. So when people use it at the butt as the butt of a joke, I don't care for that. I think it's one of the most beautiful places on earth and I absolutely love it. But it's like this thing like where it's this terrible, you know, hellscape that she has to go to or whatever. And you know, and then also that we don't have like any kind of clear goal going on here. The Iron Man is just vaguely like just go and give it a flyover, you know, and just make sure that they feel like they're being paid attention to or something like So all of that together in the opening moment, you know, vague goal, (laughs) not a strong sense of what of who Patsy is or what she wants. What I see of who she is is incredibly inconsiderate and kind of like her whole thing is being the cute, quote unquote, dumb girl. Right. Which is not a great space for me to start where we're in this space that has been dominated by men and male stories that the the. The female lead now is being presented kind of as a a stupid flighty. Her her best quality is that she's cute. So like all of that together. And again, I may not be understanding that correctly. I'm just saying that's the first impression that I got. And that kind of stuck with me.
0: One of the variables that I'm keeping an eye on Mm -hmm. for our different reactions to this is the amount that I knew about Hellcat when I showed up
1: oh yeah now i'm not nothing, gonna say really. that
0: everything i tell you about her is gonna suddenly make this characterization your favorite thing ever mm-hmm. but it definitely informed the way that i read this okay so i want to i want to kind of put a pin in that until we do the big meta history because we've got a little more art and stuff yes. to talk about mm-hmm. and the history i don't want to say it's over complicated because i've done this a little bit for jessica jones but there are layers to it that yeah. that really make me love her as a concept before I love her as a character, right?
1: Right. So we'll mm-hmm. see
0: some of that character context may help you mm-hmm. getting to the end or at least the middle of this where you start to see that that's largely an act that, yes. her, you know, okay. she's very competent Good. and it's largely an act for specific personal reasons, mm-hmm. you know, may may bring it home. Yeah. Or you may be like, mm, no, I do not have 20 years of Hellcat love. Or interest to carry me through this. Mm -hmm. She's terrible. We'll see.
1: We'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll see when we get there. And
0: clearly, she's not a perfect person. She got engaged to Iron Man. Um, (laughs) Oof. Gross. (laughs) Gross. Gross. Okay, so first, first of all, the cover artist is... The spouse of the writer, but the mm-hmm. interiors are very, very different. So mm-hmm. there is actually um, like a, a unlike uh, both Justice League and Captain America that we've talked about where the interior artist is also the cover artist usually mm-hmm. right? right. Epting mm-hmm. did most, if not all, uh, that won't always be the case through the whole run, but through mm-hmm. that first bit. Uh, I f- I believe Epting was, was doing the covers as well. And then Porter was also doing the covers on mm-hmm. Justice League. No disconnect between yeah. the cover and the interior. Really huge difference here, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it. I think that the cover is great. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not super exciting, but it's like real tight on Hellcat. And if you're going to and, and it's incredibly well drawn, imminent mm-hmm. is a great artist, great draftsman and and if you're going to do anything that's like, "Hey, buy a damn hellcat book, like you could do <laughs> a lot worse." <laughs> You know,
1: well, I like you know, and I like the art overall, definitely for this. Um, I love that the colors are very bright and happy. I love that there is this, um, you know, really fun energy. Like there is that's one thing you gotta you know you gotta hand it to the art being able to get across this incredibly high level of energy that comes with being Patsy, right? You know? Yes, um, yes. With being Hellcat, is that there is this, um, this like enthusiasm for everything that comes through in the art. And I really appreciate that. Like, I I love seeing, I love enthusiasm. It's one of my favorite things about anything. I love talking to people who are enthusiastic about something, even if I don't know anything about it and have no interest in it. I will by the time I'm done talking to them. That's like my favorite thing, is other people's enthusiasm is like my favorite thing. So being able to see that level of enthusiasm, I mean, especially because, you know, we've had a little bit of, you know, we had some like kind of dark, muted tones when we did Cap last year, you know. Um, And we moved into JLA, which was, you know, hugely colorful, but also like had some like darkness, like in the story itself. And Mm -hmm, here we have mm -hmm. like bouncy, happy, fun, you know, we're, we're going in, we're going to have ourselves a romp. Um, And so I do really appreciate the way that that comes through um, in, in the art. And the one thing that I absolutely loved, I think the most and the art that, is is like specifically drawn to delight me, right? Um, are the panels where she has these fantasy ideas, right? You know, seeing yes. Ruben, Ruben <laughs> taking musical botany and paleo theater. She imagines being in Alaska <laughs> with the Beast. And there is something about that style that like that is a poster I would put on my wall. Like I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it so much. And again, I love when artists have particular styles for particular kinds of things that once again, Mm -hmm. gives you this visual cue as to what we're doing in that moment and how that is different from the regular stream of the story. Um, And so like I, absolutely, I have to say, that was like one of my favorite things, was like seeing those beautiful, I mean, just gorgeously drawn uh, panels of of fantasy world for Patsy.
0: I, yeah, the interior art is so mm-hmm. energetic. It's so dynamic. And, and you're right, it really does like, that's one of the core characteristics of Hellcat is, yeah. when Patsy shows up, she's 100% committed to whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's annoyed about Alaska for a minute, and then she's like, fuck it, it'll be great! I mean, yeah. like just like, she just turned on a dime, because well, if it's non-Florida, we'll make it awesome. Um, and the colors really are still super bright and vibrant like JLA, but but to a certain extent, sort of, I don't know, a little less saturated. Mm-hmm. And then when you go into the fantasies, her internal fantasy world, it becomes like almost pastel. Yes. and mm-hmm. And we're going to get into some actual fantasy world like where Mm -hmm. she's no longer on this earth more or like you know you're not sure what's happening but it's Mm -hmm. magical business and that will look completely different than her internal fantasy yeah the interior (gasps) art is just really great really great
1: I gotta say like all of this work reading comics has been such an exercise in appreciation right like you know because the thing is that you can look at a panel and be like wow that's really cool when you think about what these artists do with 24 pages. Like mm-hmm. it never ceases to amaze me. And of course, you know, we named I've talked about this before, but we've named the podcast In the Gutter for exactly that. That even the empty space is used with purpose yeah. and with and there is meaning in the empty space, you know, between the panels at the edges of the pages. Um and so much of that it doesn't matter how many times I read a comic book, you know, or look at a graphic novel. I am amazed every single time I think about what these artists are actually able to do and the the amount of power that they have um, mm-hmm. in conveying that storytelling. And it can, you know, that goes with the writer and it goes with the scripting. And in the scripting, you know, those directions are given and this is the general energy. But the translation of the script into a visual product um, and how hard these artists work um, and how often they aren't given respect or credit or anything like that. Like, it's just, yeah, it's one of those yeah. things where I'm just like, it is truly amazing work um that these artists do and and I, I gotta say no matter what's going on with the story or like no matter what, I am always going to love and deeply respect like the work that is being done, the efficiency with which writers tell their stories yeah. in these spaces, um, the incredible power that the artists use in conveying all of that and giving, you know, this this like layer of meaning that if we just stop to look at it long enough you can just absorb it through your skin. Like, it's it's amazing. It is incredible. So, like, I really do, like, as much as I think I, I struggle with Patsy as a character, um, the the work that's being done in this, you know, and the way that this is being put together, I still i am amazed by that. And I'm very much enjoying that part of it.
0: There's one particular aspect of that that I want to draw out. Yeah. Uh, is that every now and then, um, Patsy has a fashion show. Yeah. in the middle of the story and I uh-huh. love it mm-hmm. because she has a background as a model yes. actually like in character and mm-hmm. then and of course, she's going to be a person who cares about her clothes for a mm-hmm. variety of reasons. And then every now and then, LaFuente just is like, yeah, look, she's having a little fashion show for herself. <laughs> and as a filthy dilettante, a casual observer of fashion, I love it because yeah. it's so good. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly why, but I can look at it and be like, this is incredibly fashionable. And I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong, <laughs> but I say I look at this like big scarfs and huge furry yeah. cuffed, you know, coats and stuff. And I'm like, this could be contemporary now like like it's all knee-high leather boots and uh you know fluffy Mm -hmm. earmuffs over her mask and you know just all this stuff where i'm like i don't i see people dressed like this now and it's been i don't even remember like 20 years yeah 15 Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. you know um so i just yeah i love when it randomly devolves into a fashion show sailor moon does that every now and then too and it's just like hell yeah this is what teenage girls were wearing in japan in the 90s and i love it You know, so.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, no, it is. It's really beautiful. And I do appreciate all of that um, kind of visual work that goes on with Patsy. But um, as we get into our story spaces, one of the things that you were going to provide is like a little background, a little history on Patsy (laughs) to maybe give me the context that I need to truly appreciate her and and her story.
0: So I have to start at a meta level first. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So Patsy Walker originally existed before there was a Marvel Comics.
1: (gasps) Wow, she's early.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. She and her friend Hetty were the headliners of Patsy and Hetty, a kind of teen romance comedy book, like Archie, but with the not-quite-so- Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite so gleaming, you know, oh, I'm like having it was. I a vague
1: memory. I feel like you've talked a little bit about this, maybe in Listen Up A Holes. Yeah.
0: Probably for, yeah, when we cover Jessica Jones, yeah. because I, I thought that that would be my only opportunity to talk about Patsy, <laughs> because in as much <laughs> as Trish is Patsy, which is questionable, but um, there you go. It's a version, let's mm-hmm. say. But yeah, yeah. So she was this kind of like rom com uh icon really like she had multiple spin-offs this thing sold it was wow. incredibly popular mm-hmm. um at one point they actually they they she graduated high school and went off to college and they were doing a book of her and Hetty in college and a book where they were still in high school <laughs> and just were like yeah these are like the untold t-. like there was no continuity mm-hmm. worry it was just like do you want young adult or do you want new adult right. or you mm-hmm. know um so she existed in that space. Oh, they, they had a, uh, I feel like they had a spinoff with their stupid boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned this specifically because Patsy's stupid boyfriend is going to show up <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> um, All right. So they existed before Marvel Comics. Okay. Uh, but it was an in between space because towards the end of that era, they, those books got. Marvel stamps. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was real like in between. They are the only, I believe, timely comic to also be printed with a Marvel stamp. So, oh, neat. and that's how popular the Patsy books were. Mm-hmm. They were legitimately like kind of barn burners, mm-hmm. uh, not just for their genre, but like for comics as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so when. You've got a bunch of people writing early Marvel. These are people... Like, Stan Lee wrote issues of Patsy and Hetty, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, uh, so when they introduced Patsy Walker as a character in the Marvel comics... Yeah. It was like a, oh... This this bit of continuity, like, is this the same Patsy Walker? And mm-hmm. the answer is kinda, because <laughs> Patsy's mom is terrible mm-hmm. and licensed her likeness, her daughter's and friends likenesses, to create this little media empire. So the Patsy and Hetty comics existed in the Marvel universe. She's wow. actually famous. Yeah. Yeah. Now they did this with like a like a kind of a Disney Channel nineties flavored Mm -hmm, show with trish which i thought Mm -hmm. was a good update that that Mm -hmm. made a lot of sense but Mm -hmm. um for comics in like the 60s and 70s it still made sense for her mom to have leveraged them into these like funny romance books (laughs) you know so patsy's been famous her whole life and kind of loki hated it especially because uh her life with those friends did not turn out the way that it did in the comics she hates her mom
1: um
0: for exploiting her. Uh, uh-huh. Hedy is a uh, best frenemy, even Ooh, as adults.
1: I love that. And, Reimagining of all of that. That is. Oh so man. Cool. It's so, it's yeah. so good.
0: It's so good. Like at one point, Hetty's straight up the antagonist because, uh, something happened to Patsy's mom and Hetty inherits the media empire. And Patsy's like, I goddamn hated it, but I'll be damned if somebody else
1: owns it. <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> what do you mean? A theme park Hetty? No, we're not doing this. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And her boyfriend, Buzz, became her shitty ex husband, Buzz. (laughs) Her first of two <laughs> shitty ex husbands. I'll wow, point out. And I love yeah. I love both of them for completely different reasons. Uh, Buzz <laughs> is terrible. Uh, Buzz is so obsessed with Patsy that even after they're broken up, when she becomes a superhero, he lets Roxon turn him into a supervillain just so he can fuck with her. Oh. And as she is Hellcat, he is Mad Dog. It's so it's so pathetic. Oh, Buzz my God. Buzz is the classic guy that can't let go. It's fantastic.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: So. How this happens in the Marvel Universe, she Mm -hmm. gets introduced as the Beast's lab assistant during Mm -hmm. a time when the Beast was not with the X-Men and only kind of tangentially with the Avengers. Mm -hmm. He was mostly working like as a scientist. She's his lab assistant. She finds out that he's the Beast, that Hank McCoy is the Beast. She Mm -hmm. fangirls like crazy, because she's always been a huge fan of superheroes. Right from jump, Uh she's like, I always wanted to be a superhero. Uh And through the Beast, she winds up hanging out with the Avengers. And this is when I like retroactively, I wasn't reading these books, but this Mm -hmm. is part of the stuff that I love about her. She just went on adventures with the Avengers. Not as Hellcat as Patsy Walker, because she was just hanging out. So she's like learning to fight from Captain America and uh-huh. helping Beast in the lab. And, you know, like, uh, uh just, just like, oh, are we going on a spaceship to another planet? Fuck yeah. Like, she was just down. <laughs> and along the way, uh-huh. she met a character who was wearing the blue and yellow costume that Patsy would get and calling mm-hmm. herself the cat. And eventually that character retires that costume because she becomes an actual half tiger woman mm-hmm. named and goes by Tigra where she's just running around in tiger fur in a bikini. It's a lot of choices. And Patsy takes the costume over And calls herself Hellcat. And it's the costume that gives her... Like, she knows how to fight from Captain America. She's already very resourceful and very smart. Mm -hmm. You know, because she's been surviving as a completely normal person. Mm -hmm. Running around with the Avengers. And this costume is what gives her, like, the grappling claw. And uh, it's a... The costume is mystical. Like, it makes her stronger and faster Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So that's what gives her the superhuman power. So now she's running around as Hellcat. Okay. Along the way of running around as Hellcat, she meets Damon Hellstrom. Damon Hellstrom, Damon Hellstrom is an, an occult detective mm-hmm. and the cover of his comic books, I feel like I should tell you, is Damon Hellstrom, comma, Son of Satan. <laughs> That is not hyperbole. I love it.
1: I love all now of it. Now they back. Yeah.
0: I know it's so, it's so great. They backpedal a little bit off of this because mm-hmm. there are multiple Marvel Satans, mm-hmm. but I mean, out of the gate, he's kind of a star of this horror comic where mm-hmm. he's the psychic detective, right. but he and knows magic and shit, but he's literally half demon. Like he is the son of one of the princes of hell. You know, <laughs> he's got a sister named Satana. They fucking hate each other. It's delightful. Love it. Um, So Patsy and Damon meet and fall in love Mm -hmm. and they get married. Um, And it's a little tumultuous, as you can imagine, Um, especially when Patsy discovers that son of Satan is not a job title. It's what he (laughs) actually is. And she gets a look at her father-in-law full in the face and it drives her crazy. And there um, there is a time when she is like institutionalized. She's not doing very well. Damon's doing his best to take care of her. But in the end trigger warning for some self-harm and suicide she does kill herself she kills herself and goes to oh. hell
1: oh my god b-
0: because she married the son of satan now
1: right damon
0: mm-hmm. tricks the avengers especially hawkeye into going and getting her back mm-hmm. hawkeye thinks that he's going after his dead wife mockingbird soul he actually comes back with patsy's soul it's damon being shady as shit when she comes back, oh, she also has some, by the way, Patsy has some run-ins with uh, Titanian technology. That's like Thanos mm-hmm. of Titan, where she gets uh-huh. some low-level psychic powers. These are all augmented now by the fact that she went to hell. So, her costume now, she she's a little stronger and a little faster. She can summon her costume from nowhere, like it's just mm-hmm. part of her now. And she can kind of smell magic and psychic powers, especially magic. She just senses it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, which they mentioned in, in this book.
1: So, yeah, yeah. That there was like this sense of, that's one of the questions I have later on in the uh, thing, is like, where it's did real her powers fuzzy. come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's real fuzzy. So most of her powers originally came from the suit, but now the suit is basically mystically a part of her because of this time that she spent in hell. Right. And she mm-hmm. came back with the additional ability to sort of like sense magic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, mm-hmm. she and Damon have uh, divorced. Um, like they're not together, but the the thing i guess the stuff that i really appreciate about this is mm-hmm. that well there's a meta space too where this character translated from one entire genre into another genre and mm-hmm. basically stayed herself right and then yeah. i love she was very much like a like a viewpoint character for us she was the fangirl that got to actually go on adventures with with the avengers right like the mm-hmm. justice league kind of had a like a kid sidekick for the group like Snapper Car, like you had some of these normal people characters hanging around, mm-hmm. but she actually did stuff
1: yeah. you know
0: with them. Um and then when she finally gets her wish of becoming a superhero in the mighty Marvel manner, it's kind of fuck terrible for her, but she refuses to see it. Like she just I'm just having yeah, my life's harder. My shitty ex-husband's now a supervillain who's trying to murder me, but I still am a superhero. It's my life's dream, you know? Mm -hmm. And then all this other stuff with the the mental health issues and the suicide and coming back from actual hell where she was like a gladiator in hell's coliseum, you know, Mm -hmm. she comes back from that. And this is the place where you might appreciate, uh, and this is a little bit of a cliche at this point, but a lot of the personality that Patsy puts forth now is very much like, Trauma response. She is okay. very intelligent. She's very mm-hmm. competent, and she will beat the living hell out of you if that's what the job takes. Like she's good mm-hmm. at this. She's also like beautiful. She worked as a fashion model before she was Beast Lab assistant. She and Hetty both worked like mm-hmm. there were fashion magazine. There's a whole thing. So she knows she's beautiful. She knows she's smart. She knows she's competent. But now she kind of has this, like, at least this is, I knew all that when I came to this book. And so when I started reading this book, I was like, oh, this Mm -hmm. makes sense. This Mm -hmm. is the wall. This kind of, like, blithe attitude is, like, the wall she puts up. Because she cares a lot. You'll see as the story progresses, she gets very emotionally invested in what's going on Mm -hmm. with the stuff. But there's always this kind of like, just like barrel through nothing. She's Teflon. Nothing can stick to her, you know? And some of this is, she knows she really cares. She knows she's going to get involved, but that's hurt her before. And so this is kind of her, like her force field to that. Mm -hmm. And I I think that there's absolutely a space to discuss where that's kind of like not great toxic behavior, but Mm -hmm. as far as like, I mean, to the people around her, right? But just looking at the character as a whole, I really appreciate that so many, especially in Marvel, so many people or characters that would go through all that would come out the other end daredeviled up, right? Like gritty and scuffed up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she decided she was going to come out shiny and happy and, you know, misery and sadness be damned. And there is, like, look, there's some ways that plays out that may or may not be great, but as an ethos, I appreciate this. You know, a lot. Well, I mean, so, I, you that's know, kind of big very, picture stuff.
1: I've got bouncy puppy in me too. You know, I've been through some shit. I got bouncy puppy. Like, I get that energy. Um, and I'm, you know, and I'm here for it. And the thing is that everything that you just described, like, I love. Like, I love all that. I think that sounds awesome. I love the fact that we have this, this, you know, like shift into the, the meta world, you know, where she actually becomes, you know, her own false history, you know, like all of that yeah stories yeah. And, and lies about her. And then she's dealing with that. So I love all of that. Um, in this with and, you know, and I had some of that context because you had discussed it, you know, way back when. But mm-hmm. you also you discussed a lot of things. And I don't remember shit that happened yesterday. <laughs> so, like, you know, some of that, like, as you were true. talking about. It, no, you have a lot of knowledge, you know, and I, and you <laughs> shared a lot of that knowledge with me very generously. And some of it I have forgotten. Definitely. Um, So a lot of that I hadn't I hadn't remembered when I went into this and I wanted to go into it. Just the only thing I really remembered about Patsy was the stuff that was in Jessica Jones. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't particularly care for her in in that, you know, portrayal. Um, and now that you're telling me this, I remember these stories from when you were talking about her before. But... In reading this, what I saw was, and I actually have the heading in the notes, is Patsy a terrible person? And then I lay out all of my evidence in the first issue. Yeah. (laughs) Why I think this may be true. Part of it is because, like, as I stated before, the way that she treated Ruben, you know, her neighbor, um, where yes, you know, she's clearly doing him a favor by trying on the thing and everything, but then just like throws his final thing at the window that he is shut out behind and it lands on the floor. And that, kind of lack of basic consideration for somebody who is supposed to be her friend um, is supposed to be like when that kind of behavior is labeled as oh it's cute because she's pretty. That is, is not a good look for me. Like, I don't really appreciate that. Um, she goes to Alaska. She's like, just drop me here. Right. You know Then she wanders <laughs> into a bar. She insults and minimizes the locals. She hits one of them and knocks him out. Her claim was he was asking for it doesn't really feel like it justifies assault she has the power in that situation he's drunk and yes is he being lecherous sure is he but like he, you know she Outright assaults him and throws the thing at him and knocks him out and yes he's gross but like also you have the power to walk away in that situation you know Um, but also it's one of these things where like isn't it cute when a woman hits somebody like that is also a trope that I'm not a big fan of Um, and then when she like she gets this guy who she calls Trapper John does not bother to learn his name he drives her out on this snow machine right out into the wilderness Um, there are the bears there she just tosses the snow Snowmobile guy out into the snow, leaves him there, starts fighting these bears. Um, All of it feels um, incredibly frenetic, and it feels like There is absolutely no room in the world for anybody who is not Patsy in that moment. And I find that behavior when that behavior from especially pretty white women is treated as though it's cute. That is something that rankles with me like that's not, you know, all of the stuff that you're telling me about Patsy and her resilience and what she's been through and even this being a trauma facade like, okay, I'm not seeing any of that here And who she is on the page here without that context and even a little bit with that context, because I don't care what you've been through, um, you know, like to treat everybody like they are not even a secondary character in your world, but like a nothing like useful for whatever they're useful for. And then that's it. Um, All of that feels to me like uh, like a character that I'm really super going to hate. And so you know, yeah.
0: Um, okay, so I, I feel like there, some of what you have said is spot on with this issue, but I feel like there are some details that mm-hmm. were escaping you. Oh, uh, definitely. Because, mm-hmm. because, uh, well, so starting at the beginning, the throwing the dress is not great. I liked the cell phone bit a lot more mm-hmm. because the cell phone bit felt like a thing that somebody would do without thinking. I always keep my cell phone in my bra. I mean, yeah. I don't personally, <laughs> but this has come up right. in my life a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I, and then it's bunching up the dress in yeah. weird ways. That mm-hmm. that feels like a low level, thoughtless. Like it wouldn't even occur yeah, to that, you. Yeah, the cell phone you, you thing know. didn't
1: bother me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the throwing the dress is not great. Now mm-hmm. I want to say those locals were shitheads to her before she said anything to them.
1: Mm-hmm. They were
0: already. I hate tourists. Like yes. they were dicks. And and the lettuce one grabbed her ass.
1: Yes. No. All of that. Now, absolutely. However, and, like.
0: No, no, no. I am pro dudes who randomly grab women's asses getting their teeth knocked in. (laughs) I'm on record here. Bring it up against me now. If Mm -hmm. you're a man and you put your hands on a woman in public, I hope that she is physically capable of feeding you a chair leg (laughs) and then proceeds to do so.
1: Yes. You have no. it
0: coming. I don't care. The power differential does not fucking matter to mm-hmm. me. If you thought you could get away with it and then you couldn't, that's the universe doing me personally a solid <laughs> on behalf of
1: okay, less I will shitty say, dudes. I will admit I missed him grabbing her physically. All I saw it's was him panel. talking to when her. She, when I she does the it. whoop, Okay, that's... I missed that. Because
0: he's like, he's coming in way low. Okay. And then the next panel, she's like, whoa, like that's, uh, I, see, I, I didn't believe know, 100% that's the I thought the that was just
1: her energy. Like she's just got this like frenetic energy. Um, yeah, so I didn't yeah. know that he had actually like grabbed her. And in that case, it definitely does change it a little bit. Um, but the way in which um, there is this generally dismissive treatment of, the, of everybody, basically of Everybody in her world, everything is about Patsy Walker and it's supposed to be cute. Yes. And that to me, you know, and especially because you go into this small town and like they're, you know, they're doing this whole thing through Alaska they're mocking alaska they're mocking the people who live there there's like this this very like it feels you know a very white kind of perspective on you know a small town that has probably a lot of indigenous people in it you know um being treated like it's it's it doesn't matter and none of the people there matter and the guy grabbing her absolutely you know i i then I'm okay with her throwing the thing at him. Did not <laughs> did not catch that in my initial... Two, I read it twice. Did not catch that in my initial read. Um, But all of that, like... For the
0: record, that's kind of a Looney Tunes bit. Yeah. Like, whenever somebody gets their us grabbed in the Looney Tunes, that's mm-hmm. the reaction. And I think we're... I mean, like, again, there's a lot... As we've discussed, there's always a lot going on yes, in any, absolutely. even the worst, kind mm-hmm. of the least well put together, like grab your average Silver Age comic book that was a thin dime mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just get a kid to pay attention. Even yes. in those, there's layers and layers. So Gosh. I just, you know, yeah. Um, I do feel strongly about the fact that the, the locals were dicks to her as an outsider first. So mm-hmm. that's the energy she responded with. And yeah, again, in real life.
1: But they weren't dicks Feed to that her guy first. his teeth.: She was a dick they from the were. air. She was a dick from the air. The way that she was talking okay, but about they didn't this hear town that. does not matter. Does not okay, matter. Okay, for us,
0: for us. <laughs> right, but when that's, she walks the in the bar, there. they're shitheads, and she, she responds with shithead energy. She went
1: in with shithead energy. She was in that plane with shithead energy. She was dismissive of every little part of Alaska. Um, And everything was like, yeah. So now her attitude was shitty to begin with. And then she walked in and they were shitty to her. Absolutely. But at the same time, like you walk in with shithead energy, like, you know, uh, I think that you draw to you what you bring into a situation. And she's had shithead energy since page one of this issue. All of I it. I will also
0: say it's one fifth of a story. And this that is true. some of this, in fact, no no no, this is not a defense for this yeah. issue, but I mm-hmm. will say
1: Yeah.
0: I... these are tracks
1: mm-hmm. that
0: are being laid that will be not I, I don't want to say explicitly dealt with, but definitely mm-hmm. in the way that Patsy's reaction to the overall situation
1: mm-hmm. shifts
0: and evolves as mm-hmm. she goes. I, I don't they ne I don't know that they like I wouldn't say they hang a lampshade on it and be like, "Boy, I sure have learned a thing about Alaska," you know. But mm-hmm. I think that does happen. So okay. keep, you know, keep your eye on some of that. Um, um, I feel like that's the same for we. We'll get into some some possibly dismissive mm-hmm. uh, 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 reactions to like indigenous people and their beliefs. But again, I there I. Believe, seriously, they're doing a thing with purpose. So we'll see as we go. And
1: maybe they are. And, like, I'm definitely open to that. I'm just saying that, like, this impression of Patsy from this space. And, of course, like, it moves into, like, this really bad impression that Patsy is making on me. Um, And Mm -hmm. then, of course, like, for me, a spongy story. Like, you know, like, what I know about, about her at this point is that she can kind of detect psychic activity. Iron Man is calling her and being like, go you know, go out into Alaska and just give it a flyby, you know, just to make sure there's nothing going on. Um, She drops in the middle. (laughs) Iron Man
0: also famously a blithe dick.
1: Yeah. So, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll not argue that. (laughs) Um, But it's this very vague. It's not even like, hey, there's this shit going down in Alaska. I want you to go there. I want you to protect the people who live there. And that's why you're going. She is taking It's the Patsy Show. To Alaska mm-hmm. so that she can mm-hmm. wander around and, you know, have her like fashion hit people in the face while she's wandering through their lives. And then like this guy does her favor. I mean, she pays him. She pays him a lot of money, but does it, you know, takes her out. She dumps him in the snow like a regular from what I can see, regular dude who mystical bears are going to kill him. Le- dumps him off, you know, starts fighting with these bears, ends up in the maw of a sea monster. And I'm like, What the, like, like, all of it is so, and there's no specific goal. There's nothing she's specifically going after. At the end of this story, I know she's fallen like ass backwards into something, but I don't Mm -hmm, know exactly, mm -hmm. like, what or why or how or what. And she's just being sent there as an afterthought to begin with. So it's not even like they knew this was out there and they wanted her to go and help people she's just falling into shit you know and so all of it is (laughs) by the end of this issue yeah (laughs)
0: She's fallen into shit, colon, the Patsy Walker the Patsy story. Walker I think
1: Walker story. Yeah, and I don't know, like that to me is something that I you know, I like a story that has a solid goal and that has a protagonist who's after something and who's trying to do something. And if I felt like she gave a shit about any of the people that lived in Alaska and she was interested in saving them, then I think I might be a little bit more engaged. But I feel like she is interested in just patsying the shit out of everything that she goes into to yeah. and she's just gonna patsy it up and at a certain point i'm like I it's just too much narcissism for me and a single issue like i don't know so it's just it's not even about saving people it's not it's about oh this is a cool little you know like bear that i can fight and why does it have horns and oh now I, i'm being you know pulled into this eldritch fucking sea monster um you know <laughs> I, but I do love that the sea monster's name is Bessie. I can't remember if that's. I think it's in the next issue. Um, it is in the next yeah, issue. But yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely love. Like when we get to that, like when we get to what you know is going on underneath it, I actually like that. But it's because I like those people, not because I really mm-hmm. particularly enjoy Patsy. So you know, we've got this spongy story, and then also I didn't know what her superpower was. You have now explained that to me in the in the commentary. So like I appreciate that I get. But I mean, at the same time her superpower is also kind of spongy. Like what, what is this? What do you do? What do you, what do you, you know, what do you bring aside from being like pretty and just a blithe dick, you know, like, um, so this, at the end of this issue, that's kind of where I've landed on Patsy. (laughs)
0: Now, I, I I don't know. Uh, I feel like the rest of the issue set you up to give the least, uh, Positive reading to her saving her tour guide, because if uh, if Spider-Man shoved Mary Jane down an alleyway out of the way to fight the Green Goblin, I don't think we'd be upset with him about that. She and she does save him, him from into the bears. The sn-
1: no i mean like without away us from saying, the bears yeah but without like i mean the thing is if she had been even remotely polite to him in the first place if she had shown Aha. any consideration <laughs> she tossed him away the way that she tossed the dress at ruben she tosses everything aside and there's no sense that she values anybody else's time energy um safety like to me he's being tossed away not to protect him but he's an afterthought now cuz she found a You know, like I there's just something about the energy with which she does that stuff that like the the protective energy of Spider-Man towards Mary Jane. He loves Mary Jane. He pushes her back. It's because he's stepping in front of her and between her and trouble. Patsy throws this guy aside right you know leaving him in a bank of snow because he literally does not exist in her world anymore like she doesn't care about protecting him there is no evidence to say that she gives a shit about protecting anybody she's just out there patsying the shit up that's how it reads to me and i may sure. be wrong and i may change my mind as i get to know it better but this first we'll see issue we'll see has not has not has not made me a patsy fan i just you know and i'm sorry
0: No, no, of Mm -hmm. course. Again, I think the variable of me showing up with some, that's one of the variables I'm watching is that I showed Mm -hmm. up with some context. Yes. It's also possible that if I had the guts to be like a really toxic human being in my life, Mm -hmm. that this is the the toxic version of me where I'm just like, I would just be joshing through everything (laughs) like Patsy Patsy's do everything. (laughs) I don't think I got the moxie to live that way. And sleep at night. That's not your,
1: that's the sleep I, at I night. I also didn't go you to hell. You have consideration of No, you know. that's true. I have not been to hell, so I cannot actually <laughs> identify with a lot of Patsy's experiences. And I have to say, like, all the past stuff that you explained to me, like, all of that, love it. Love it. Love the stuff that was going on with her. But there is the presentation of her in this issue that is, you know, kind of a challenge for me to find the space no, where sure. I can appreciate her. Mm-hmm. it's the larger it's the
0: interconnected yeah. universe problem right mm-hmm. like we've seen this with both cap and jla that when it when it works it really works right like like uh even though i had to spend a, a lot of time explaining to you who jack monroe was once you got it you were like oh yeah he's totally part of the Warp and woof of this story yes. or a flash fact or martian manhunter's background mm-hmm. like you didn't bring any of that the story still works Uh, without it but it's better when you have it and I think this is one of those places where the the story works but maybe the characterization does not Mm -hmm. without some of that background and they're not going to give you that background because you're a marvel reader buying a hellcat book you're kind (laughs) of already in
1: (laughs) well nobody has the time for that but I think that like her behavior regardless of her background like um it still is is you know, just a just a problem for me.
0: <laughs> no, I'm dealing with the fact that this I might love her because this is the kind of toxic person I would be if I had the way of us to be just a toxic person. <laughs> I'm coming to grips with that and have done so in the last two days since I discovered you hated her and isn't why it and amazing? I'm like Oh, oh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but isn't it amazing what our favorite stories tell us about ourselves? Like I, I always find I, I, that an interesting Amazing is a word. I think it's well. Sometimes it's also distressing, <laughs> but we learn uh, yes. a lot. We learn a lot from our favorite stories, and that's a podcast I definitely want to do one day, where I talk about people's favorite stories. And I'm like, what does this tell us about you? Except that I'm not, uh-huh. a, I'm not a licensed anybody. I'm not a therapist, and I, I feel like that leads us into some dangerous territory that somebody needs to be then walked out of, you know. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. Okay, I don't uh, ruin put a pin people. in that. <laughs>
0: We have plans now for another show. We'll find a therapist because I love every bit of that. I need somebody to unpack my my distressing focus on this version of Patsy and how I I'd be like, it. yeah, I'd probably hellcat around the joint if I had the,
1: <laughs> if that was the an guts option.
0: to do so.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, As always, we're entering the favorite part of our podcast where we talk about our favorite Mm parts of this issue and uh, for those who maybe have not joined us for season one we split this into two areas favorite art and favorite part of the story Mm -hmm. and they're not again for all my comic book loving friends they're not really separate
1: yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But
0: at the same time, at the same time, it's not the story is the art. The art is the story. But I think personally, and and the several episodes of In the Gutter that we've done bears this up, is that I can have a story moment, like a beat that mm-hmm. I love. And the art can just be fine. Like yeah. it can just be two people talking, mm-hmm. but there's this other page where the art is fantastic and I love it for whatever reason. So my favorite art mm-hmm. is the page where patsy is swinging the bear around by its antlers until its skin rips off and it turns into <laughs> glitter inexplicably <laughs> this page makes me laugh yeah. like every time cuz it's so ridiculous and when she hears the rip she's like i hope that's not me cuz i do not know how to sew like at all <laughs> so she's like my is my magical costume ripping mm-hmm. and then and then when it turns out to be glitter inside the bear for no reason, her yeah. response is weird, but pretty. And I'm like, man, again, if there's lenses through which I want to see the world weird, but pretty feels like the the kind of energy I would take out into the world, maybe mm-hmm. without the rest of the Patsy toxicity. Right. So that is my favorite page of art. How do you, what is your favorite page or how do you feel about bears being ripped into glitter?
1: Okay, okay. Bears being ripped into glitter I kind of love, you know. Um <laughs> and at, at the same time cuz like, you know, I'm I would not describe myself as like a girly girl in this way. Um but I do appreciate the um The things that are, like, definitely, like, glitter is deeply associated with femininity, right? So, you know, if if we're going to have a character like Patsy destroy a magical thing, it being filled with glitter is really on brand, like, deeply on brand. (laughs) And so I kind of like the idea of glitter being involved in any way with a Marvel hero beating the shit out of a bad guy. Like, for me, I feel like that place is glitter, which is dismissed in a lot of the ways that feminine things are always dismissed, um, into the space of power, you know? So I actually really did dig that. But I have to say, though, even with that, and I do appreciate that, and that's probably a good close second for me, (laughs) um, the fantasy art, the panels with the fantasy art, I just, like, I kind of want... To buy a van that I can, like, cover in Patsy Walker... Fantasy art. It has almost this like Scooby-Doo van kind of energy, you know, and I think that's why yeah. I think of it in a van because the, the the art in the fantasy panels has kind of a Scooby-Doo sort of, uh you know, vibe uh, in the artwork itself. Um, and there's something about that that I just absolutely love. Um, and I love her, you know, like, I, I think especially like where she's looking at Beast with like basically, I don't think she has heart eyes, but basically the whole energy yeah. is heart eyes. No, they're eyes. best
0: friends. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so I kind of love that. Um, and uh, there's something about that that, you know, um, ha- just has this this visual aspect that I really love. And it feels like I can lean into femininity in a comic book, which is a real fun, you know, experience to have. I like that. Oh, but also, like, I do love the beast, but I also love the magical flying hipster horse. <laughs> So choosing those between fa- those yes. two, choosing between those two is very No, you difficult. put one on
0: one side of the panel mm-hmm. van and one on the other side.
1: Oh, I would love I, it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love this mental image. I feel like <laughs> taking those panels and putting them on the side of the van is the feminized version of like an airbrushed wizard.
1: Yes, exactly. On the side of the, the j- death j- And I star want on it. on the side of the van. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. But just the art style um appeals to me so much and um so I absolutely as much as I struggled with Patsy as a character I did really love the the feminized you know approach to a space that is very very typically masculine um and yeah, so that was a lot yeah. of fun
0: so on the story part, <laughs> uh, this is a little bit of a cop out in mm-hmm. a way, but I mean, again, it's a spongy story and, and there's really no defense for that other yeah. than this is going to be very fair, tale ish. Mm-hmm. So like, let's not get hung up on the details, which is a, your mileage may vary kind of approach. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, I, my favorite part of the story is just Patsy. Like I, <laughs> maybe she's becoming my problematic fave and not just my fave, but yeah. like, I just love the way she barrels through life she knows she can handle successive frying pans into successive fires but she just does it anyway mm-hmm. cuz she can she can handle it and is not going to let it get her down she's having a good time mm-hmm. the entire, even when she gets annoyed in future issues it's like a fun kind of annoy like all right all right all right like let's get it. i just yeah the 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 patsy energy that comes through the art very much mm-hmm. as we've discussed is is um is she's my favorite part of the story. Like, my favorite part of the story is that there's a whirlwind of shit going on around Patsy, and that she's the source of it. Hurricane Patsy.
1: <laughs> well, I love that. I love that you love that. And I think that that's great. Um, I don't know like what happened in this issue. Um, So I'm not quite sure how I'm qualified to answer that question. But I guess it's like the phone call with Iron Man, like the, as much as that could be an inciting incident for everything that happens. I mean, that is, you know, this is where it starts. This is where the Hurricane Patsy starts running through Alaska. Um, But the call from Iron Man um, where he is, you know, kind of dealing with her in a way that feels like he, he gets her, you know, he understands what he's dealing with. Um, and, and so it was, you know, it was fun. You know, I always appreciate the, the, when the text of the word bubble is, is, you know, um, personalized to whoever is speaking. so we have that very Iron Man text, you know, popping into the page. And, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think probably that was my favorite part of the story, I guess
0: no i appreciate that and there's there's inklings of patsy's general half-assery yeah in that conversation mm-hmm. where she answers the phone oh hello irene Yeah. but then but then later she just says "Ooh, is it a team is beast on oh, it right. and iron man's like how come i get a code name
1: <laughs> right. and he's just
0: beast why isn't he like beastatrice at least or something <laughs> i love it yeah. you wanted a secret identity walker fantastic yeah. fantastic <laughs> We'll be back next week with Patsy Walker Hellcat number two, Snowball Effect, part two, in which Patsy lands herself in the middle of a mission to save a missing princess. Until then, I'd like to see your angriest ursines, please. Thanks for listening to In the Gutter with Joshua Unruh and Lonnie Diane Rich. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider talking about it with your friends, leaving a review somewhere, or supporting
1: Chipperish Media, patreon.com slash chipperish.